Welcome back to Practical Parenting, the podcast that empowers parents in the trenches, find joy in the process, and thrive through it all. I'm Christina Wales here with my co-host, Dr. Terry Nguyen, Chair of Pediatrics at GBMC Healthcare. And today we're talking about vaccines. So um, quite a controversial topic. We have seen in the news recently that the vaccine exemption rate is going up in certain states, um, which is concerning, I think, for parents if you're on the fence about it, it should be concerning. If you're not, it still should be concerning because your children are going to school with these kids who are potentially putting your child at risk. So talk to us a little bit about um, where this hesitancy comes from and and why it's important to, to vaccinate our kids. I think something happened to us. Um, the, there's so many effects from COVID. But one of it um, was the decreased vaccination rate across uh, America. Um, people who were hesitant about uh, vaccines before now are even more hesitant. And people who weren't necessarily hesitant about vaccines are now also um, in doubt of them. So I'd like to take us all back. Um, and this is not a philosophical. I'm not coming at this from a philosophical. I'm just coming from it from an evidence-based science perspective, okay? We have no, no more polio in this country. We had eradicated measles, but now we have sporadic outbreaks of measles because there is a certain population in different areas of the country where there's a high non-immunization rate, okay? So and back up before you keep going. <clears throat> the, it's Is it 95% of a population has to be immunized? Immunized. So 95% of um, your local community has to be immunized for you to have the advantage of herd immunity if you're, you or your children are not vaccinated. The problem is since COVID, um, medical non-medical exemptions have really risen mm-hmm. in, um, in a, quite a few states. And some states are f- at 90 to 93% mm-hmm. uh, immunization rate in their community. That's alarming. This means if your child is one of those children who's not vaccinated, they're not getting immunity because their community is vaccinated. You need a 95% or better vaccination rate in your community. Okay. And to get back to what you were saying, that's why we're seeing these measles outbreaks because in these communities, it's lower than 95%. Is exactly. That okay. Exactly. So there was a case last year mm-hmm. uh, in Ohio, central Ohio. Um, there were some children who were exposed at their pediatrician's office or the doctor's office um, to measles. Okay, Um, and um, all the so there were 85 people who became ill, all under the age of 16. There were no deaths, but 40 percent of those patients had to be hospitalized, mostly for dehydration and diarrhea. Um, And all these kids who had gotten measles were not vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it is real. It is Mm -hmm. a big deal. Right. So that's measles, and we for the for a good five to ten years we've had sporadic outbreaks of measles, okay, um, here and abroad. And then there's polio, where you we've eradicated polio in the U.S. But if we start having 
the exemptions and having communities um, that are under immunized, polio will come back. Mm-hmm. Um, it causes paralysis. It causes you to be in a wheelchair. Way, you know, bad things. I think it's because one of the things is that we are we haven't seen the diseases, and so we don't know how much morbidity, you know, illness it can cause, you know, how you can end up hospitalized, and even death actually. So vaccines are the are it's it's the most remarkable uh, thing for medicine uh, in the pediatric world. We've eradicated diseases that sometimes are still killing children in the third world. And we luxuriously in our first world are debating whether we should do it or not. Um, I understand about the fear of the vaccines. I get it. COVID vaccine was put out there within a year of the, uh, of the disease. And so that put a lot of doubt in people's minds, right? Uh, conspiracy theories and, you know, like, really? Can you really develop a vaccine in that short amount of time? Yes, you can if the government throws everything they have into the development of it. Well, and now I'm certainly not an expert in this, but um, wasn't wasn't the technology in the work for a long time leading oh, up yes. to this? So it's not like it was developed in a year, right. you know, in its entirety, but sort of we we hadn't really done this type of vaccine before. So I guess in that sense, it was novel, but the technology is not entirely new. It wasn't. It was the mRNA vaccine, and that had been sc- discovered about 20 years prior to the develop of them using this technology in this, in the COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, all vaccines come with possible side effects, you know, and they're still really studying, did um, some of the claims that, you know, there was myocarditis, inflammation of the heart muscle um, that resulted in some deaths, was that really due to the vaccine or were there other factors? Um, so there's still studies about that, but there was a, it was for a specific population of um uh, older adolescents, young men, uh, up to their late 20s, okay? But then there's the rest of the population where no terrible thing has been reported. And on the flip side of it, long COVID is a huge reality. Um, 25 to 40% of people have a risk of having long COVID after they get their COVID illness, which could have been very mild. Mm-hmm. That's the key, was most of the folks who end up with long COVID, um, and those symptoms vary. It can be brain fog, fatigue, um, <clears throat> pain, uh, the list goes on, right? And it happens in children as well as adults, by the way. So I really want to encourage parents to vaccinate your kids for COVID still. It hasn't gone away. I know the symptoms are mild, but what you don't want is the after effects. Sure. Yeah. And there is some literature that's saying, you know, if you get COVID over and over, you might have an increased um, likeliness of getting uh, long-term COVID. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if brain fog is involved in there, I want nothing of that to play with my kids' brains 
that is developing. Yeah. A developing brain does not need brain fog. We know that this virus goes to the brain because you can lose your sense of taste and smell. Mm -hmm. I don't want anything that's not supposed to be there sitting in our brains. (laughs) Okay. That's it. That's it. So um, where does that lead us? Okay. Vaccines save lives. Okay. Vaccines was one of the biggest discoveries in the 21st century uh, for medicine. It is not, um, it's it's Mm evidence-based. Okay. And I can go back to something really simple as the flu vaccine. Flu deaths in children are anywhere between 150 to 300 per year in the United States. And the hospitalizations are, are pretty huge. The numbers are huge as well. It affects the biggest group is the children under five and the older adults over 65. Okay. So we have a way to maybe not eradicate it, but you can even at least lower the duration of it. If you've been vaccinated, your flu illness may not last as long. And if a virus is not there as long causing disease, less likely for it to turn into a bacterial superinfection, meaning it turns into bacterial pneumonia, and that could land you in the hospital, right? Mm-hmm. And why do you want to vi- uh, vaccinate your young children? You can vaccinate starting at six months of age for flu. Oh, because they're around their grandparents who are, remember, the highest risk groups are under five and over 65. Most grandparents are probably over 65. So there's, there's you know, a big footprint of mm-hmm. who you're affecting by vaccinating your, your child. And your and yourselves, right? So for me, it, it feels like a win-win. Um, thus, so far in this flu season of 23 to 24, um, as of mid-November, we've had 12 pediatric deaths already. And I will tell you, it's a remarkable difference from when uh, before COVID. Okay, um, there was uh, the the season, the winter season, right before COVID, 19. Uh, 2019 to 2020 um, season, there were 199 pediatric deaths during the peak of the pandemic. Can you specify where? Was that in the United States? In the United States. Yeah. So that was 199 pediatric deaths in that one winter season right as COVID was starting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, during the peak of COVID in the winter of 2020 to 2021, there was one death, okay, one pediatric death, because people weren't around each other, mm-hmm. okay? But then after COVID, the numbers have are, are climbing up again. And um, the very fact that um, we're all intermingling again, mm-hmm. so there's all that exposure. Um, the flu vaccine rate has fallen 6% uh, since the pandemic, that's alarming. Um, and 80 to 90% of the deaths are in unvaccinated people. Yeah. So those are stark t- statistics for me. Okay. Uh, well, and I think that's what we're trying to do here is for those who are on the fence or hesitant about vaccines is to, to provide the facts um, and the evidence that suggests that this is a positive thing for them and the rest of the community. For those who 
are on board already. Um, is there anything we can say to the fear about the direction that this is going in or what they can do to help sort of get us back to where we were? <laughs> so I always say, don't live in fear. What action can you take? So I love how you put that. Get yourself vaccinated. Get your kids vaccinated. You know, um, get everybody you know, you know, and people may come back and say to you, oh, but I got so sick after getting the vaccine. And I say, that means your immune system is revved up. Okay, I am much more concerned about somebody getting a vaccine and feeling nothing because it didn't rev up your immune system. So revving up your immune system may mean you have a, a, a mild case of what feels like a mild case of the illness. Right. So you might have some body aches and you may have a little bit of a fever. But that means I always I, this is my, you know, my positive spin on it. It means your immune system is a-okay, like A-plus, actually. I'm much more worried when my elderly parents who are in their 80s had no reaction to the COVID vaccine. My mom's like, oh, it was so great. I didn't have anything. In my mind, what I was worried about was like, oh, that didn't work really well on you then, mm. did it? Right? Because you had no side effects whatsoever. So that's one of the things I like to remind families for, for uh, with is that having fever, having some side effect from any vaccine that you're getting is good, mm -hmm. okay? It's beneficial. It shows us that the immune system is working well and as it should. The vaccine didn't give you the flu, didn't give you the illness, okay? It's revving your body and preparing your body for if you were to uh, be exposed to this invader, this germ, what it's going to do. Right. Right. And the next time it really is exposed to a heavy load of that um, that illness, a lot of virus. Um, it'll recognize it. It'll recognize it and it'll make you feel bad, but for a shorter amount of time so that, you know, um, maybe you don't get the illness or, you know, you get a milder case of it. Mm -hmm. And it makes a difference because true full-blown uh, flu in the peak can be, uh, you know, can last 10 to 14 days. Can anybody really afford to be <laughs> out of work or out of commission if you have a family Yeah. Um, for 10 to 14 days? Not anyone I know of. Right? I mean, this is a parenting podcast. So we all know we're still parenting our children in those 10 to 14 days Absolutely. while we're feeling sick. Yeah. Right? So they <laughs> Not get, ideal. if they get sick because they're unvaccinated, they're bringing it to you. Mm -hmm. Right? Or if you're unvaccinated <laughs> and you bring it home, you're making your family sick. So, And then there's always the grandparents and, you know, the elderly aunts and uncles. So, so get vaccinated. Get your children vaccinated. Share this podcast and all the fun facts we shared with friends who are hesitant. And let's get back up to 95. Yeah. Vaccines save lives. That's that's my favorite, okay? Vaccines save lives for real. Yeah. And we are so lucky to have access to all of these vaccines in America. Why would we not do it? <laughs> Please. Okay. Yeah. All right. So drop this podcast and go do it now. That's right. If you, uh, We're doing this in December. Um, it's never too late to get your flu vaccine. I have people getting their flu vaccine until uh, March even mm. because the flu season is picking up right now. Um, it kind of took off in November, and it is going steadily up, and it will probably peak around um, late December, early January. But then it peaks, but it doesn't mean it goes away. It just stays, mm -hmm. okay? And it really isn't out, um, you know— 
we'll see flu cases even into April. Mm. Uh, it, it really depends on how mild or unmild your winter is. Yeah. So please get vaccinated. Flu and COVID and all the other childhood vaccines, we don't want to see those illnesses back. Um, they're, they're devastating diseases. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks, Christina. Thank you.